0: Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rovardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the Giants are preparing for tomorrow tomorrow afternoon's game against the Las Vegas Raiders. This week nine matchup, the Giants 2-6, the Raiders 3-5. Who will win? Well, the Giants are going into this healthier than ever, or so we thought. So the Giants are likely to get back Evan Neal, probably also getting back Andrew Thomas, it sounds like, and we know that... Daniel Jones is making his first start in several weeks um, uh, tomorrow against the Raiders. However, there is going to be a key loss from the lineup, and that is tight end Darren Waller suffered the hamstring injury early in last week's matchup left the game did not return and now it sounds like he could be headed to the injured reserve which would of course be a massive loss for the Giants offense now this has been a very bad offense they have struggled to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers all season long but one player in my opinion in the receiving game who's been very consistent consistently open uh, open and making plays with the ball is Darren Waller and now without Darren Waller in the lineup, up, the Giants are once again missing that true X-factor number one primary receiving threat, so they're going to have to go with this ragtag by committee, use all of these different receivers that they have, and try to fi- figure it out. Which, again, with such a bad offense, is not going to be easy for them. So we're going to go ahead and dive into this Darren Waller injury, what it means for the team, talk about the reports that we're hearing, which may, may indicate this is a long-term injury and everything else in between. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode, subscribe to the channel if you are new, ring the bell so you don't miss an episode, and comment your thoughts on the top down below in the comment section if you're listening on apple or spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at fireside giants without further ado alex how are you doing today my friend and what is your reaction to the darren waller injury update
0: i'm doing okay um it kind of feels like i know a lot of people are probably going to agree with me on this every time the giants get close to getting a healthy offense another guy goes down and it's like the same old cycle every single year like we're just about to get this guy back and then like half our offense gets injured we're about to get Daniel Jones back about to get Andrew Thomas back about to get Evan Neal back and then Darren Waller goes down with a hamstring injury and he's likely headed to injured reserve which will keep him out for a minimum of four weeks so you know Daniel Jones and Waller struggled to connect early in the season pass protection really being the Uh, catalyst behind that failure to generate much production. His best game, Waller, came against Washington uh, with Tyrod Taylor under center go figure. 98 yards and a touchdown. That was the game that we said to ourselves, okay, that was the guy we brought in. We know that Waller can do those things. However, another thing that we knew about Waller, he's injury-prone. That was never, um, you know, kind of – that was never a a secret. Everyone knew he was injury-prone. It was just trying to keep him healthy. If he was healthy, he would be a high-octane player for this offense. Now, the problem is he's injured again. And about two days before he got injured and now this whole thing is coming out, I asked on Twitter, you know, do people think that they should keep him for the duration of the contract that's upcoming? I think it's a good conversation to have, Anthony. There's three years and $51 million of reason to say probably shouldn't go in that direction if you're the Giants because he's 31 years old, he's injury-prone. Could you take that money and allocate it differently? Now, hear me out, right? This is this is the reason that I'm going to say that I think that we should probably move on from this contract. The Giants, if they retain him, have to pay $14.45 million in 2024 against the cap for Darren Waller. If they take the out on the contract, they have to pay about 7.8 million in dead money. So they, one year, take the dead money and you move on theoretically. Uh, the Giants' salary space is already uh, factoring this contract in, so you're saving about seven million dollars there. You can go out and get pretty decent player with that, or you, you know that's basically two million less than what we paid for Bobby Okereke, and he's been really good for us. So you, know, you can utilize that money certainly to our advantage. Um, Alternatively, you roll that into a bigger contract for somebody else that maybe is a receiver or whatever, the Giants need an offensive lineman. Um, Now, the the reason I think they move on is because it's not just the $14.45 million um in 2024, it's the 15.5 million dollars in 2025, and it's the 17.5 million dollars in 2026. So that's the reason I'm sitting here like I feel as though the Giants probably will move on. Because I don't think, and I think you're probably would agree with me here, is it worth it to pay 17.5 million dollars when waller Waller's 34 years old and he can't stay healthy at 31 years old? Maybe you think that it is worth it, but in my opinion. I think you're setting yourself up for a recipe for disaster here. Um, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. I think you, that $17.5 million could go towards a, a receiver in free agency. Or how about an offensive lineman? Or really anybody that can actually stay healthy, someone that has a proven history of durability. Now, that's not to say that I, I don't think that it was a worthwhile gamble for the Giants to take on Darren Waller when they traded him for a third-round pick, you know, get, get, get a player with that type of upside. But I just don't know if paying him – And trusting him to stay healthy is a good method for the Giants because they went over this. They had a whole sports science thing come in to keep Waller healthy, and he still got freaking hurt. They invested so much in keeping this dude healthy. He's been nagging with injuries this entire season already. Now he's done for four weeks. Probably isn't going to be the same again this season. Can we really depend on him to be worth that amount of money? I'm not totally sure. We'd love to hear your opinions about it below in the YouTube comment section. But Anthony, what do you think about it? Because I think you definitely have, have your thoughts.
1: So I do have my thoughts. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily uh, something that I would make a conclusion on right now. You know, sitting here looking at these numbers on the contract and also looking at his numbers on the season, I'm not saying that I automatically want to take the potential out in his contract in this upcoming offseason. Really, I think first and foremost, we need to know how long he's truly going to be out because we know that he's headed to IR and we know that hamstring injuries nag. But is this a hamstring injury that nags and he probably heads to IR for four weeks and comes right back, then I think, you know, it kind of changes the narrative a little bit. Or is this a hamstring injury that nags and he's out like an Andrew Thomas level seven to eight weeks? Then that changes the whole entire conversation because you're probably shutting him down for the season and you're not seeing Darren Waller again until next year if he's even still on the team. So I do think it really depends on how long he's out with this injury and how quickly he recovers and what his impact is when and if he does return to the field. So I don't think that you can really make any determination or any decision on Darren Waller's future with the Giants right now. It's a absolutely a wait-and-see approach, but I do lean towards keeping him. Now, I understand you could do a lot with that money. You can cut him, save a lot, and do whatever you want in free agency. But really, I think that the Giants need to continue to build through the draft, which is a much cheaper strategy anyway. I don't think that they need to cut players so that they can go in the free agency and spend a lot of money. I don't want the Giants to go in the free agency and spend a lot of money. The talent that they have on their roster... <clears throat> I want them to retain, and I want them to add more talent through the draft. And I don't think that you're going to cut Darren Waller and automatically replace him and find someone of that talent and of that caliber just because you freed up all that money in cap space. Additionally, the Giants are projected to have a boatload of cap space this upcoming offseason. They are not in a desperate need for money unless they go out there and they do try to spend a lot of money. So they can get by with what they have and they can hold on to Darren Waller if they want to. And in my opinion, because Darren Waller is far and away the best receiving threat on this roster, they should try to hold on to him. Maybe, you know, you kind of take a look at it from a different perspective, right? We, We went into the season with the idea that Darren Waller's entering this team as the true number one wide receiver. The Giants finally have that, right? From the tight end position, though. But now, what if you take it from this perspective? The Giants can go into this offseason, find that true number one wide receiver, retain Darren Waller, and then he's your number two receiving threat, and then you could have a very dynamic passing attack um, next season. If you Maybe really what it is, and we kind of have the same conversation about Sterling Shepard in the offseason, Alex, maybe it's too much work for him, right? Maybe Darren Waller isn't capable of being the number one receiver. Maybe that's too much, and that's leading to these injuries. But if he's the number two receiving threat... Maybe he stays healthy. And that's what we said about Sterling Shepard. He was oftentimes starting when he shouldn't have been starting. He should have been a rotational guy. And if he was a rotational guy, he probably doesn't suffer all of these injuries throughout the past several seasons. Again, maybe it's the same thing with Darren Waller having him on the field too much is leading to these injuries. That's just a theory. It's not anything I can confirm. But I will say I don't think that these contract this the these numbers on this contract are all that bad. In fact, I think they're arguably a bargain for a player of his caliber when healthy. And I know the health is the question mark here, but for a player like Darren Waller, three years fifty one million dollars is what he signed with Las Vegas, 17 million per season, that sounds about right. I think that's on the proper value. You know, you take a look at these numbers prior to this injury, Darren Waller was up there statistically with all of the best tight ends in the NFL he had a lot of receiving yards he didn't have any drops he had a great catch rate he was he scored a touchdown a couple weeks ago like he was productive he was doing his thing and I think that he was kind of fulfilling that role that the New York Giants wanted him to fill as a tight end who serves as your primary receiving threat and I think that he could continue to do that again it's just about whether or not he could stay healthy but I do think that if the Giants got more help around him in this offense they got another receiving threat one of those wide receivers that's a true every down receiver and playmaker at all three levels of the field. I think that takes pressure off Darren Waller's shoulders and allows him to just be a really damn good tight end and hopefully stay healthy because of that. So, I don't know, I'm not necessarily out on Darren Waller yet. Has the season been disappointing? Yeah, but has Darren Waller necessarily disappointed me? No, because I think he's been one of the bright spots in the worst offense in football. The Giants rank 32nd in every single offensive category um, in every single ranking. They're at the bottom. Meanwhile, Darren Waller is near the top for all tight end rankings. That tells me that Darren Waller is not the problem here. He's not even close to being the problem here. In fact, he's one of the solving um, factors here. He's arguably the solution. If the Giants were more careful and created more plays for Darren Waller and got him more involved in the offense. I think it could have been a better unit for the first half of the season. So I'm not out on Darren Waller. I'm not eager to take this cap space um, immediately and just cut him in the off season. I still think that there's talent here. If they do release him, yeah, I understand it. I'm not going to blow a fit. I'm not going to be upset about it because he is an aging player who has a lot of injuries. So if they do decide to cut him this off season, I would completely understand. But then if they're going to do that and they're going to say that they're doing that because they need to free up cap space, they better use that cap space properly. They better ask actually invested into players worthwhile, maybe younger players or players on the offensive line, whatever the case might be, And I think that would be my main argument for releasing Darren Waller. If you were to release him, take all of that uh, cap savings and just go ahead and get a quality starting offensive lineman. Actually, finally spend big on the offensive line. Then I think that's a one-for-one swap you can get behind. Right, you're sacrificing a good tight end to get a really good offensive lineman. I think that's that's valid and that's a fair strategy. But again, just with all these factors in consideration here. I'm not in a rush to release Darren Waller. I still think that he's a really good and capable tight end when he's healthy. Again, health is the problem here, but I'm not rushing to free up this cap space and see the Giants just spend it on nobodies and do nothing with it all over again. I'm not saying that that's what Joe Shane's been doing, but look, a lot of these acquisitions that the Giants have made in free agency recently, they're not panning out. The Giants need to start pivoting towards creating uh, talent or finding talent through the draft, building through this youth, and building through these draft picks that they keep low up on every single year that's the strategy the Giants need to take and they don't need to free up a bunch of cap space to do that so holding on to a young or just holding on to a talented um, tight end even though he's not a young up-and-coming player you still do need some veteran established guys on this roster and I think that Darren Waller is still one of the best tight ends in the NFL when he's healthy it doesn't hurt to have him on this roster it's not a ginormous cap hit in my opinion and also one other argument now that I will make Alex and I want to get your take on because we've talked about this the Giants could be eyeing a quarterback with a top 5 pick this offseason, right? There's a very realistic possibility that the Giants are bad enough to hold a top 5 pick and they look for a quarterback. Do you really want to bring in another young quarterback that doesn't have a dependable receiving threat and try to develop him? It's been a train wreck every single t- time the Giants have t- tried to do that, and we've seen it across the NFL when these young quarterbacks enter the league and they don't have a dependable wide receiver, teams scramble to get them those dependable wide receivers. The Bears scrambled to go get DJ Moore. We saw that the Panthers were once again trying to trade for a receiver because they didn't have anybody, number one, to help Bryce Young. Teams are scrambling for these primary receiving threats to pair with young quarterbacks. If the Giants have a primary receiving threat on the roster and might be looking for a young quarterback, so if they end up going with that young quarterback, I want Darren Waller here. I want somebody talented in the receiving game for him to throw to. That's a veteran, not just like a young, like a Jalen Hyatt's a great player, and I think he's got great potential, but again, he's still growing. He hasn't reached that potential. I, I think that the Giants would be wise to, if they are planning on looking at quarterbacks, they would be wise to keep a good receiving tight end like Darren Waller in their plans to help that quarterback develop and not be a fish out of water when he gets to the NFL. So I'm curious to know your take on that, kind of that perspective of keeping Darren Waller here because he will help a young quarterback develop if the Giants decide to go that go that route in the draft. Um, there's a lot
0: to break down there. So I'll start off with kind of the first Take that, you know, he was on pace to be a really good player this year. is on pace with all the numbers in the top echelon of the NFL and tight ends. Um, I think that that's a valid claim. My argument against that would be, okay, let's say he has 350 yards right now and a touchdown. And he has, like, some of the most yards at tight end in the league. And then he misses five weeks every single year eventually like those numbers even back out to being like a mid tier. You know what I mean? Because he isn't healthy every week. So like like you mentioned, you know, he's he is injury prone objectively. So um I think it was a good gamble by the Giants, but here's here's my counter to, you know, having a young quarterback or even Daniel Jones for for what it's worth. Like having a trusted receiving option there. Where the Giants could look and say, okay, you know what? We want to take that $17 million and allocate it towards different positions. Let's look at some available options in free agency, right? Darren Waller is objectively a receiving tight end. He's played about 20% of his snaps in line this year, 50% in the slot, and I think around 20-something percent, low 20 percentage uh, points in the uh, outside receiver category. So he's objectively a receiving tight end. He does not really block much. There's options out there. You could go in the direction of a guy like Hunter Henry. Um, you know, he has 238 yards and two touchdowns this year with New England. He's 28 years old, going to be much cheaper. Uh, Dalton Schultz, 220 yards, three touchdowns this year. 27 years old, going to be much cheaper. Gerald Everett, 149 yards, two touchdowns. Mike aseki 160 yards, a touchdown. Um, Austin Hooper, I mean, he's 29 years old. He was one of the best tight ends in football. And, you know, the the Browns have just been a disaster at, at, at quarterback. So, you know. I think there are alternatives here that are much cheaper, and you could argue a much healthier. So that would be my tight end perspective. Let's look at the receivers, because I think that's also a, a point of perspective that you also mentioned. You want to have um, a good receiver, somebody that's a veteran. I think I think about you know the team that comes to mind right now is the Titans. Look at Will Levi or Will, Will Levis, I have to say his last name and DeAndre Hopkins. You know that Hopkins has been his guy. You know you don't need. You know, this a tight end that's going to be injured all the time when you could go and trade for like a veteran receiver that nobody thinks is good anymore or just coming off a team like Arizona. Um, How about Mike Evans? You know, Mike Evans stands out as a guy that probably is going to be at the same price, $17 million, maybe a little bit more, but he's also one of the best receivers in football and he stays healthy. You know, how about that option? Or how about, you know, that there's guys like T Higgins. You know, he's primed to take a big step forward. Another guy I really like, I know, uh, Anthony, I think you like him too, Michael Pittman Jr., really underrated receiver. And, you know, it's just the Colts being the Colts and not really using the receivers properly, not that the Giants do either, but um, I think that there are options here for the Giants that, you know, even Calvin Ridley is going to be a free agent. So there are players here that I think are healthy, younger, maybe even cheaper, some of them, that are just objectively more valuable than Darren Waller at this point in time simply because... um, he, they stay healthy, and, he, and he's injury prone. And, and I'll I'll throw in another thing here. You can draft receiver first, tight ends, as you said, build through the draft, build through youth in the mid rounds. You like you can find a tight end. Who, he's not going to be Darren Waller, of course, but you could find, like, a Dalton Kincaid, or you could find these guys, like Luke Musgrove, um, maybe some of those type of guys in the mid-rounds who are just receiving first type of tight ends, who might be able to fill that role. Like, we saw Lawrence Cager do a pretty good job when he was on the field. I mean, they cut his ass. Um, so, like, you know, he's not Darren Waller again. I'm not I'm not comparing those two, but I'm just saying, like, he plays a very specified role. Um Now, with that being said, I I feel like there are better ways to reallocate that money towards players who are younger and healthier. But, you know, I I just don't necessarily – I'm just scared of the value – you know the cost the uh, the you know just the opportunity cost here of taking that money and investing and it's guaranteed right there's no out in this contract you could sign Mike Gusecki or Hunter Hunter Henry on one-year deals probably like they might not get multi-year deals Dalton Schultz really solid player you might be able to land him on a two-year deal a three-year deal with an out after the second and that protects you at a cheaper cost and less guaranteed money uh, you know comparably to Waller and you could take that alternative money and roll that into a CB2 alongside Deontay Banks you know what I mean there are ways to reallocate this money, in my opinion, or an offensive lineman, you know. I just don't think $17 million for Darren Waller is worth it. Uh, like, objectively, I just don't think it's worth it because um, if he's going to miss five, six games every single year, like, every year, like, you're, you're guaranteeing he's going to be hurt. He was hurt when he went into the season already. The two days before the season started, he had a hamstring injury. It was a different part of his hamstring, and now he's injured again And in, you know— it, Again, he he miss, he basically missed last week against the Jets. He played six seventeen snaps, and he was out. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna be, he's gonna miss miss essentially five weeks straight, and then maybe more. So I just don't know if I'm willing to guarantee all that money to him. There's no way out of it. You know, Andy that that's my that's my concern. If there was an out at some point. There's just no way out of that contract. It's guaranteed until the until it expires. There's no out after the second season. you know, a lot of it's a lot of it's um you know guaranteed throughout the course of that deal and uh, you know you might end up saving a lot of money and yes, the Giants do have a lot of money, but like why can't they spend it more efficiently and, and, and you know just take that dead money now and, and move on? Um, you know, I'll ask you you know, kind of run it back. Is there any receivers or tight ends that you think they could allocate the money toward that may be preferable to you? That players that you'd say, you know, I could see that being a better investment long term.
1: Yeah, sure, there are. But I just think that, you know, listing out all of these wide receivers, it's so much easier said than done. You're listing these guys who are impending free agents that you can just go plug in. But I don't know. It's it's just it's not Madden. Like You have one of those players on this roster right now with Darren Waller. I understand he's injury prone, but you can't just say, OK, we're going to cut him and just go sign this guy. There's 32 other te- 31 other teams in the NFL. Half of them are going to want to sign that guy, too. And also, it's really hard for a guy like a Calvin Ridley, like a Michael Pittman Jr. to shake free. Those guys don't hit the open market. Those opportunities are few and far between. Usually you have to trade for guys like that, which is what the Giants just did with Darren Waller. So finding, you know, just getting rid of Darren Waller and replacing him with a WR1, if it was that easy to get a WR1, the Giants would have had one for the last seven seasons, but they haven't. So it's not that easy. The Giants had one. They traded him away tried. with Odell Beckham they Jr.
0: They tried with, with Kenny Galladay. And they it's
1: exactly. Exactly. That's my point, though. It's so much easier said than done. So what if you but were Kenny out there... You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, but so what if you go out there and you say, okay, Mike Evans is a consistent one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He's still old. You he could drop off a cliff when you sign him next season. That's totally possible. He's been in Tampa Bay for his entire career. If he just moves over to the New York Giants, you can't expect him to just automatically translate his skill set at his older age. It doesn't always work out, and it's a risk. And the Giants do have a good receiver on their on their roster right now. I, I just don't see the point in trying to swap him for another guy who's more expensive, yes, albeit younger and healthier, sure. But you're, there's no guarantee that you're going to get one of those guys. It's so hard to find WR1s in the NFL. So I just don't want to downplay it and say that it's like an easy task and that there's all these receivers and tight ends that the Giants could grab. Like some of those other cheaper options that you mentioned, like a Mike Gasecki, Like, sure, he's a good, capable, average tight end that you could sign. But you already have a really good tight end. And then you're still not going to have your WR1 that you want if you bring in Mike Gusecki. And it's just so hard to find WR1s. Like the Giants have tried to do this for the last... Several seasons, and they failed miserably over and over again, and so have plenty of other NFL teams. It's just not that easy to do. So it's easier said than done. I like a lot of those names that you mentioned. If the Giants could get any one of those players, hell yeah, I'm hyped. If they could trade for um, some wide receiver in the NFL, you mentioned T. Higgins. He's having a really bad year. He's not even on pace for a thousand receiving yards. You know, you were talking about this six months ago. Of course you want T. Higgins. Now you're like, okay, well maybe he's not as good as we thought he was. So it's always just a, a ever changing thing here with all these wide receivers because it's just. So insanely difficult to find that WR1. The Bengals thought they had two WR1s on the roster, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Jamar Chase was a top 10 draft pick, which it's pretty hard to find wide receivers that are worthy of drafting in the top 10 and that pan out that way. And then T. Higgins, no, wasn't a top 10 draft pick. They thought he was a WR1. He's proven right now that he's not, and he's been a struggling WR2 for the Bengals. So I just think it's way more difficult than people realize to get those WR1s. And right now the Giants have one of those dependable receiving tight ends on their roster. I know he's not always healthy, but at least if you do bring in a young quarterback or just to start the season, if you're able to find one of those primary wide receivers and pair him with Darren Waller, that's excellent. But I don't think that it's a wise idea to just move on from Darren Waller prematurely to try and replace him with some other dominant wide receiver when, again, you don't know if they're going to pan out when you sign them. And also, it's way, way too hard to just go find those guys. If the Giants If it was easy for the Giants to go find a WR1, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because they would have had one for the last five seasons. But it's really freaking difficult to do. I mean, we've been talking about getting Daniel Jones a WR1 for years. They tried with Kenny Galladay, as you mentioned. They had Golden Tate as their WR1 for a little while. It's not that easy. And so because of that, I just think that the New York Giants... They have a good thing on their roster here with Darren Waller. I hate that he's always hurt. I wish that he was always healthy. He's not. But if you can keep him on the roster and if he plays well um, when he's on the field and you pair that with another developmental hopeful WR1 upside player, I think that makes the most sense but just cutting Darren Waller and hoping to replace him with a player of similar talent level who's healthier. I mean, that's just really, really difficult to do. And I'm not going to personally set unreasonable expectations that the Giants can just instantly find the WR1 overnight this offseason. Because again, for the last decade, almost, it's proven to be a really, really difficult task for the Giants.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll just say like, I don't think we're losing a WR1 in Darren Waller. You know, like, I don't, like, look at his stats with Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? Like, they were bad, objectively. Tyrod Taylor played well with him. (laughs) Like, that's the funny thing. Um... I just don't know if Daniel Jones can maximize a player like Daniel Waller, if he can maximize as long as the pass protection is spotty. Uh, it's, a tough, it's a tough situation to be in for the Giants, but you know, I don't think it's impossible. Like These players want to go to free agency. You know what I mean? Yes, there's other teams that want them, but objectively speaking, like if you're a free agent, you want to go to free agency because – or if you're a player that's headed toward that – because you want to drive the price up, you want you want there to be a bidding war, you want there to be money spent on you. So um, now the question is like, you, obviously you incorporate the franchise tag. There's other things here that go into it, and yes, a lot of those receivers could certainly be off the board. Um, but this is a pretty interesting class. You know, you have Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., which we're not going to go down that path. Curtis Samuel's an interesting player, but he's not a wide receiver one. Um, you know, there's like I said, there's T Higgins, but like you said, he's not having a, the great the best year ever. You know, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley. The problem is like. Like you said, it's you're not going to get a WR1 off the free agent market, but I don't think that Darren Waller's a WR1 to begin with right now. And especially if the injury, like, even on this team, like, he's our top receiving option, but he's not, he doesn't produce WR1. He's not, he's not producing Jamar Chase numbers. Like, you really have to draft those guys, as you kind of mentioned, um, and then develop them. But that's still, like, you could still spend that money elsewhere on different players and then try to develop somebody. Um, I think that both opinions can be right, and, you know, we'll see what they do. But I do think that $17 million for an injury-prone receiver or injury-prone tight end, and that's going to be in 2026 when he's 34 years old, is a huge freaking risk. Like, I'm trying to get the Giants to stop taking risks like this. Um, Putting money in... Players that cannot be depended on, and they're old as hell, like 34 years. If you're a Yankee fan, you know the Yankees do this shit too. Josh Donaldson, 50 million at 37 years old, and he sucked. You know what I mean? Like, if if you're a Giants fan, do you really want to be paying a tight end 70 mil at 34 years old? He's not Travis Kelsey. Um, So, like, that's my concern. Like, it's the risk for me. But you, but the other way, like you said, the other direction, going to free agency, going into those things, is also a risk. It's just a matter of like, which which risk do you want to take?
1: It's kind of playing Russian roulette if you're the Giants. Well, just another thing that I'll say, you can cut Darren Waller 2025. You can hold on to him for one more season. Maybe this upcoming off season, you find that developmental WR1 who's ready to take over in 25 and then you cut Darren Waller. My whole point here is that I'm not in a rush to cut Darren Waller. I'm not in a rush to get the cap savings and try to reinvest them elsewhere. If Darren Waller is you know, not performing well in 2024, you can cut him in 2025, but you don't have to cut him immediately is basically my take here. And I wasn't saying that He's a WR1. I said we wanted him to be, and he hasn't panned out that way. He's been a better tight end, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, arguably, statistically at least. But I'm not saying he's a WR1. I've been saying this whole time he's a WR2. Imagine if the Giants did have a WR1, like what they had in Las Vegas last year with Devontae Adams, who went and had the best season of any wide receiver in the NFL last year, while playing alongside Darren Waller. And Darren Waller was playing really well until he had the hamstring injury and got injured. And of course, that's the recurring theme here but having a WR1 plus Darren Waller, that's the key right there. Like That's the dream scenario. And that's what we were saying even in the offseason. We wanted Darren Waller to be our WR1 this season, but we would love for them to have a true primary wide receiver and Darren Waller. So I'm not in a rush to cut Darren Waller because maybe you find that true primary number one receiver and you pair him with Darren Waller and then maybe you cut him next offseason. So i my whole take here is I'm just not in a rush to cut Darren Waller. Like I said at the start of the episode, let's wait and see on the injury. Maybe he doesn't even land on IR and he's back in two to three weeks. Maybe he lands on IR and he misses the whole season. And then, yeah, maybe I am down to cut him. But I'm not in a rush to make any decision just yet. And I think they're looking ahead to the offseason. Yeah, there's a lot of options out there for the New York Giants. They can reinvest their money elsewhere. They could try and trade for receivers and all that stuff. But, again, I think you have a good player on your roster. At some point, the New York Giants have to stop getting rid of good players. And they have to start holding on to some of these good players and adding more good players to play alongside them. I feel like oftentimes the Giants cut good players, get rid of them, and they don't bring in necessary replacements. And the the roster just kind of middles out and doesn't really improve year in and year out. I think you can have Darren Waller and have a WR1. Both of those things can coexist with one another. And that's honestly the ideal scenario here. So I don't know. It's it's, it's an interesting debate for sure. It might be a little premature to have the debate because we don't know the necessarily full details on Darren Waller's injury. Once we get them, of course, We'll update you on them right here on Fireside Giants and of course give our takes on this situation once again once we have that update. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you all on the next one. Have a good one and let's go, Giants.